Welcome to the Mike Hewitt Show, 10 years and growing. It's about family, business, work, and politics like you've never heard it before. Yep, it's true. There's more than just a touch of wry humor mixed in. And now your host, Mike Hewitt. Folks, I am Mike Hewitt, co-host Ludwig von Wiedemdorski, and Miles is running late. I expect him to join us soon, so Lud, at least for a few minutes, it's you and me. Yes. Wow. That's tough. Poor Miles. All right, here we are. Second sudden death of top official reported in Russia's military supply chain in less than a week. Top officials charged with arming Russia amid its war in Ukraine have died unexpectedly. And my little sub-note here is, by the way, it's a shame on me sub-note, but I said, wow, you think they'd had a secret they were going to reveal on the Clinton family. <laughs> oh, no, this wasn't a suicide. Never mind. No. I have to take that back. What do you think, Lud? Oh, these is, guys were absolutely murdered. Uh, listen, do you, is, is Putin in trouble politically? Yeah. Yeah, I don't see how he recovers from this. Um, from the war. From the war. This Unless he wins, because he's really ramped it up this week. Yeah, but what's victory? A total I, siege of Ukraine? I think that's what it's come to be, isn't it? Well, if that's the case, then first of all, we're in a long, drawn-out battle here. But two, does it end with Ukraine then? Well, no, it never stops. You know that. Once these people realize that this is what they can do, they will do it. So who's next? I don't know. But he may be next. He's in his, what is he, 70-ish fighting cancer. I, I don't think he's making the same decisions that Putin would have 10 years ago. No. No, but I think it's because he's looking at his mortality going, I'm leaving my mark. I'm out anyways. I'm going to go out of the bank. Uh, I want the Soviet Union yeah. back. I'm going to go for it. And if I die doing it, then I die doing it. You might be right. I, listen, I don't think that the folks in Russia are of the same mindset that he is. No. And I, I say that because it's so often when you see it in the media, it's Russia said this and Russia said that. It isn't. It's Putin said this or Stalin said that. It's not the folks... They're, they're, most of them, from what I can see, they're just trying to make a living and raise their families. Well, and I think that's true when, you know, if you're in Iran and you're here in the United States said this. No, the State Department did, but Mike Hewitt and Ludwig didn't say that. Ludwig definitely didn't say that. Yeah, I didn't say it. Not, not if it was actually taking a position on something. Well, I would have, but then just wait 10 <laughs> minutes and I might change it. That is true. Ludwig shifts in the sand. It's called more information. I, I Listen, I, I think that there's something. The reason I wanted it wasn't even the topic itself. I think that part of what we're going to see in 2023 is a very, a very dramatically different theater uh, with Russia as its center. There's some real shifting sands there politically. The war aside, I get all of that part. But there's the, the, the political dynamics are fascinating. I think that he's under threat of a coup. Mm-hmm. The only way that he can survive it is to redefine victory, to your question. Um, I think that's something that's obviously to watch because it threatens it threatens peace in far-reaching lands beyond that area. Yeah, because, I mean, if you remember a few months ago, they were talking about a peace deal when he got uh, Dumas, and that was part of the initial surge was just to take that back, like the annex of Crimea, and right. then move out, and, and they're not moving out. They they did control that area, and they haven't stopped. So obviously you got to look at he's shifted the goalpost, and Ukraine's got to be the ultimate goal. In the end. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's – listen, he's backed himself into a corner. 
And the only way that he, well, time will tell. My guess is, is the only way that he can win is in complete annexation. Absolutely. Um, and I don't know that the West will allow that, which is what I'm saying is that it, it's it's a fire that that threatens the countries around it is, is my point. Listen, let's move on because I want to get to this next topic bad. A J6 committee waves the white flag, quietly re- withdraws Trump subpoena. Uh, and he says, they knew I did nothing wrong. That was his words. Well, it was so quiet, I didn't know it until it was on the notes. Because I started notes. listening to the beginning of the last meeting, yep. and I thought, I'm not listening to this. I, I just can't. And I turned it off, and then I saw this. That's how quiet this has been done. Because, they, they listen, they trumpeted, no pun intended, that they were going to subpoena him and that it was going to be the end of it. And if you followed the, the far left, and again, I'm not talking about Democrats that we just disagree with on policy. I'm talking about the far left. By the way, I gotta I, let me jump down my own notes for a minute because I'm I, I'm reading something from uh, Jeepers. I shouldn't even be hunting for it, but I can't help it. Benjamin Netanyahu, sworn in as leader of Israel Israel's likely most right wing government ever, and they call it an extreme extreme right. He's a, Netanyahu extreme right. That's CNN's headline. And I paused because I'm trying to find, by the way, I got on because I wanted to be lied to. So I went to Google (laughs) and I tried to find an example of major American media referring to any any of these places as far left. They don't use terms like far left, extreme left. Uh, They they just don't. They're, they're, They're completely devoid of an acknowledgement that there's any problems from center to as far left as you want to take it. Even when they're talking about political party stuff on the Republican Party frame, when they're reporting it, Detroit Snooze this week had a lengthy article and they quoted me in it, which is what people sent it to me to say, look, you were in this. So I'm reading it, and it's the same thing. It's to pretend that the Democratic Party has never had any kind of internal, uh, internal push and shove and I'm a little bit different than them, and I'm probably going to surprise you on this, because I think this wrestling match, civil war within the Republican Party, in the end, as much as I dislike it right now, in the end it's healthy. That is the arena of ideas. And so may the best set of ideas win. What I find most unfortunate about both sides of the divide is what used to be the great arena of ideas has now been, what I've said all along, tribalized. So there's a bunch of little echo chambers. Folks on both sides don't want to be informed. Not everybody. So I don't want to use a a, a paint roller but a paintbrush. Folks are after finding things that can confirm what they believe rather than a pursuit of truth and a a pursuit of facts. I find that dangerous. So, yeah, I I agree with all that. But Netanyahu, is this his... Fourth, fifth term? Because they, they obviously have where you have to leave for a term and then come back. But he seems to always get reelected. Uh, listen to folks like him. Yeah, he does a good job for Israel. Uh, they, 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 and what he does is he promises to keep them safe. And they're in a region that's not exactly safe. Yeah. And, and while he's been in office, by the way, I don't know him, and I'm not an expert on Israeli politics. Let me underline that. What I am aware of is that during his terms, they've been safe. 
period. I don't know the rest of the story. But and I didn't I didn't well, want to go there. Well, you know they're but, extremely uh, far right because that's what the article says. I think it's far right. If the right the article says it, it has to be true. But they never say far left. <laughs> I, I go, wait a minute. How is that possible that you can only see out of one eyeball one direction? Messaging. It, it is messaging. Perhaps, perhaps, Ludwig, you're correct. Man, I told one, you it's messaging. One last time for this calendar year for a total of five for the year. Oh, no, this is the first segment. This, 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 <laughs> we ain't done yet. Uh, Boy, there's something scary for you. What I know is I'm glad to see him reelected. From what I've seen, our relations with Israel are usually more uh, tight when he's involved. Uh, they seem to be prosperous more and less attacks. And I, where I disagree with that is it depends on which party of ours is in power. Well, he that's why I, I say it's tighter because he makes them. Listen, the part I've never, and we're almost to a break right now, so I'm stuck not getting diving into this topic, but... One of the things I found fascinating, I find fascinating about the American left is that there's a huge swath of anti-Semitism within the left. So they'll side with Palestine regardless of the facts. They'll side against Israel regardless of the facts. And so when the left is in power, and they are in the United States, that will provide him with a bumpy exchange. Uh -huh. History says that's a fact. So I, I, I mean, we've got to look back at that dynamics between the two countries. Listen, folks, we've got to go to a break, but we've got a lot of stuff. We're just getting ramped up. We'll be back in just a minute. All right, listen, let's get back to the J6 committee for a minute. In your opinion, Lud, and folks, let me pre-qualify this. He is Mr. Squishy. Um, in your opinion, all of your opinions, collectively, was the J6 committee actually in pursuit of justice or was it a political machine? Political machine. I mean, look at the picks. They, if you just look at who sits on the committee itself, that alone, before it even started, you already knew that was the case. Well, they had a couple of Republicans on it. Okay, yeah, sure. So they call that bipartisan. What did what did uh, Cheney lose her state? Did she get 11% of the vote as re-election? Right. In her primary? Yeah. In her primary. That's an important part. Yeah. So, no. Are she, you saying she's not representative of conservative ideology in the United States? Not Is in Wyoming, a, for sure. <laughs> or, or anywhere else. Yeah, I mean, let's face that. So we know, we knew right off the bat when uh, Minority Leader... Uh, McCarthy appointed people and Pelosi eject, uh, rejected them and said, no, these will be the ones. Right. We knew right then this political theater. Step right. two in that was when they actually hired a Hollywood production crew to come in and st stage this. Do you know how many people, and I mean this respectfully, by the way, can you imagine the number, I better <laughs> phrase it that way, by percentage of folks that do not realize that the January 6th committee hired a Hollywood production company, the oh. number of folks that don't, that are not aware of that most significant fact. I bet it's 90%. Oh, I bet it's all of that and probably more. Yeah. Because it wasn't on the front page of the, you know, of the Detroit's news or the, you know, the, the, the Wall Street screamer even, none of them. 
you know, the the, the New York lies. The, yeah. It wasn't anywhere. And CNN, then, the global news network, absolutely never covered it. No, I do remember as a kid there being primetime things with like Oliver North and those, and they should be because that's when most people are able to actually watch and pay attention. But but that was that had substance. No, 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 no my, this is my, no, hold on, not to my point yet. Yep. But this was scheduled out like an hour here, and then the next primetime slot was going to be six weeks later, and the, it was like watching a mini series over months leading up to the election. Right. It wasn't. Listen, we're going to have these hearings, and if it lasts three days, sorry, Big Brother or whatever show you like on TV is not going to be on because we're going to have these hearings. Not. Well, here's a slot we can use, and here's a good slot because there's nothing going to compete against it. And this was nothing to do with but, actual justice. But listen, you you kind of helped us in our conversation, in in by accident, probably. Segment two, two things right. <laughs> yeah, but when you talk about the Ali North here, the hearings for the Iran Contra drama, mm-hmm. keep it in mind, folks. I, I got to give you the snapshot. I'm not a never-Trumper, and I'm not an always-Trumper. Yep. To me, I, I, I genuinely try to approach this from the intellectual honesty perspective. Is this whatever it is good for America or not? And that, that's my question. Sometimes, most of the time, the results of his administration were good for America. On the other hand, when I start looking at some of those side things, I started talking on this show three weeks before January 6th, asking you and Miles both, Using this verbiage doesn't sound good for what's coming. I believed it then. We talked about it openly three weeks beforehand. But what's changed when you compare it to the Iran-Contra hearings? And keeping in mind, I was a Reaganite. I was a, and remain a big supporter of the Reagan administration. So just so you know where my head is at in this, yep. the Iran-Contra hearings were legitimate. There were questions that both sides of the divide needed answers to. I didn't like it. I'm just telling you, I didn't like that they needed answers, but I was one of them that wanted the answers. And that's what made it prime time. But where I'm going with this is there's a difference in the American culture then and now. And that goes to Miles and I in our age versus you. I remember watching the Mondale and Reagan debate where the, 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 the person doing the questioning was friendly to both of them. Smiles all around. They were, it was just, it, he was asking reasonable questions. He wasn't trying to say, gotcha to this party or gotcha to, to that party. It, we've changed from then to where back then, yeah, yeah politics was still the, you know, the blood sport. It was, it was still take no prisoners and we want to win. Don't misunderstand me. But if the opposition president, if that person won, we didn't hate him and try our best to destroy him. That's not who we are anymore. And that scares the bejeebers out of me that we've reached a point where whoever the opposition is, is not someone we oppose on policy. They're our enemy. Folks, that's not healthy for this country. Do you think with, with what you feel different, differently between January 6th, really any committee hearing today? Because if you watch them, it's so slanted, it's, it's sickening. Agreed. To... Oliver North was that you felt represented with Oliver North that hearing that they were actually there to find out what was happening best interest for the American people as a whole, regardless of party, where now it's just about what's best for their party. It is. Because I feel that when I watch these things. But but listen, back then there was, and I got to be intellectually honest, back then it felt very partisan just to know, because I'm at the time saying, wait a minute, 
we sold arms to these folks who are going to kill our enemies and we're going to take the profits from it and help these folks become free. Where's the bottom? Where, where's the problem with that exchange? That was my thinking at the time. But listen, when, 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 as a child, when Kennedy was a president, I didn't point at the TV and go, he's my enemy. Yeah. I didn't feel that way about Jimmy Carter. Miles and I, we were young back then, as you'd like to point out, 17, 18, 19. We're lo- we were making fun of some of his gestures. We differed with his policies. But that's way different than saying he's my enemy. The, 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 uh, the acidity wasn't near as strong then as it is now. And listen, I don't think this is healthy. Forget party politics. This is not healthy for America or Americans to be this ratcheted up, in my view. No, it's, it's absolutely not. I mean, when you, when you look at some of the, call them rallies, but the political events where a candidate is speaking, and you see some of the most vulgar signs in the hand of a child, yeah. that you know the child didn't make. The, the child doesn't know. He's eight years old or she's nine years old. You don't, they don't know what's written on that thing Sure, should pertain to that person. Versus, did, did you see that back then with Kennedy? Did you see that back then with Reagan? Even Clinton or Bush? I, but hang on, I was just going to make that comparison. I remember as a volunteer, I'm working with the Republican Party. It's it's George Bush's midterm, George W. Bush's midterm election, the campaign's on. He's at um, the Ottawa County um, campgrounds or Ottawa County, whatever it's called. It's, it's a big park in Ottawa County, West Michigan, folks. And so I'm walking out. I'm one of the last to be leaving. I'm leaving with a bunch of classes or elementary school teachers and students. Folks, these little kids aren't Republican or Democrat. They aren't either that. They're just little kids that got to see their president. And by the way, when I say their president, I shouldn't say that. They got to see the president. And you know what? They were excited. And as we left... We got out to the main drag that runs along the, along the front of this camp area, uh, and there were people. What got me on this little rant is across the street from where we were exiting, there was a whole bunch of far leftists with signs that were so vulgar. Jared would shut my microphone off if I even hinted at the words, <laughs> and rightfully so in his defense. Can you do it real quick? Because then you'll you'll get your microphone shut off. Wouldn't it be fun? <laughs> it would be I great. don't but listen I don't talk that way in truth I don't talk that way but they were they were outrageous signs attacking GW Bush that's fine but his wife and his daughters and I'm walking out with with children that are old enough to read but not old enough to understand they weren't there for a partisan purpose and I'm walking out with hundreds of them I, I that was the first time that I personally witnessed Folks going too far. Uh-huh. And back then, it was easy for me to point at leftists and say, you dirty dogs, you did this. I will tell you now I'm seeing it on both sides of the aisle. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it, but it, I, I, when we come back, it's a bridge too far. When we come back, I'll tell you a quick story, if you don't mind, about a discussion I had with Oprah about this whole type of thing. Oprah. Winfrey. She's a, she's a socialist. How do you, you have to explain to us when we come back from break, how do you get to be a billionaire socialist? How does that work? Talk about self-serving politics. I'm sorry, but that's just roll your eyeballs laughable. Folks, stay, stay with us, and we'll be right back to beat up on Ludwig some more.
Tourism number 65 with Mike Hewitt. 2022 was a lesson liberty-minded conservatives need to make a note of. On social issues, Americans are an evenly divided people. Keep in mind, when I say evenly divided, I mean one-third, one-third, and one-third. Neither the left or the right can win if they splinter their own numbers and without winning the hearts and minds of a majority of the middle third. Unity doesn't mean you must agree with me. It means let's sit down and have a respectful conversation. Let's build a winning majority from consensus, not force. Principled people with solid ideas, ideals, and respect for differences don't require force to win. Our New Year's truism? Most the loaf is better than none. Our New Year's resolution? Win by consensus. Find the Mike Hewitt Show on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Okay, listen folks, welcome back. I am Mike Hewitt, co-host Ludwig von Wiedemdorski. Listen, I, I, I got to tell you a handful of things before we jump back into the show and Lud is excited about moving on to a topic he embraces. But I got to tell you, when I did the 60-second piece that you folks just listened to, it was me trying to stand back. In fact, that's what probably we're going to end up thinking about this show as, is us trying to step back from the partisanship and saying, truly, truly, what's the problem in America? That's what I was that's what I was getting at. We've been doing that now for probably a couple of years, I hope. Uh, and and that's the state of mind I'm advancing. Yes, there's there's partisan civil war in the Republican Party. Yes, by the way, there's partisan civil war within the Democrat Party. I know nobody's reporting on it, but it's there. I promise you, I know firsthand. It's there. And that causes me to say, wow. As Americans, forget partisanship. As Americans, we got to hit the air brakes. We got to slow down for a minute. We got to do like me and the old guys at the gun shop. Did you hear me say that? The old Democrats at the gun shop. We'd slow down, have a cup of coffee, and actually respect each other enough to have a conversation. And we didn't, by the way, all of a sudden start singing Kumbaya, <laughs> but we kept respect in check. Sometimes I'd move them, sometimes they'd move me. I've talked about those conversations a few times. Now those kind of conversations are not even happening within the Republican voting bloc. And I maintain that we've replaced the arena of ideas with a whole bunch of little echo chambers. And I submit to you folks, that's dangerous for our culture. Lud, what did you want to tell us? So it all ties together here. So I remember we were sitting after the first taping of 60 Minutes with Oprah at, at dinner. She took us all out. So let's tell everybody you were doing what with Oprah. So we did a 60 Minutes uh, taping with her so first the, 60 the, Minutes. The show 60 Minutes. Yep, it was her first one, and it was about uh, half Democrats, half Republicans who were for and against Trump and the election. And This was back in 16? Uh, 17, yep. Okay. Yep, yep. And I was immediately mortified that she was there. I'm like, oh, my God, I got to go. We're not going to get along. This isn't going to work. Well, we actually became somewhat close in this this whole thing. We did it twice, but after the first time we, we met for dinner. You did it twice. What does that mean? We did that? another 60 Minutes a year later to see if we still came I together. See. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. And I remember sitting at dinner, and I knew Trump had been on her show multiple times, and they were really good friends. And, and I asked her, and I said, hey, if Donald Trump called you and said, hey, I want to meet at the White House, would you go? Right. She's like, no. I'm like, what? She goes, no. I said, so if the president of the United States calls you, you wouldn't go. And she goes, no. 
I said, she, she goes, would you if Hillary was the president? It's like, absolutely. Yeah. If the Pope or the United States president, because I'm Catholic, the Pope's important, and I put him on the same level as of importance and leadership in the world, called me, regardless of party or alignment, I'm going because it's respected those offices and those right. positions. And she was astonished. But my kids, I've taught them the same thing, that if somebody has a certain position, there's respect in the position. You may not respect the person as a whole. I didn't respect President Obama as Barack Obama, but I respected President Obama right. as the president. Right. So, yeah, I'm going to show up. And I've taught my kids that. So when I, when I hear the 60 Minutes this week, if we, we all wear the same jersey. And I remember I've used this in, when I lost my primary. The problem is I'm not sure I see the same teams wearing the same jerseys anymore, and we're all trying to find who's going to come wear mine by force, not by ideas. Right. And my concern, and this is what I was going to go with the question for you, Mike, was am I doing a disservice to my kids, teaching them your ways of life, my way, which, if, which is like my parents who have taught me this way, and I've instilled that in mine. Am I putting them at a disadvantage by still having them have this old school, we can do a consensus thinking? I don't think the right way is old school. I, I, I just, I, I'm going to answer your question. No, I understand the words, not the what you think it should be, but that's. No, I'm, I'm wanting, here's my point when I push back on the term. Yeah. Is I don't think truth ever changes. And so I, and I, folks, I'm, you can call me naive. I'm okay with that. I think if you keep doing the right thing over and over, no matter what the results are, if you keep doing the right thing, the right thing will be the result. And so it is the president of the United States. I'm not a Biden fan. I know that's got to shock you. I ain't a Biden fan at all. I've never been a Biden fan in 50 years of his public life. Most of it I've been an adult for. 50 years of it, I've never liked him. I don't like his politics and I don't like him. If President Biden called me, to your point, and said, I need you to come to the White House, I'll be right there, Mr. President. Yeah. Keep it in mind. I've been on this radio show over 10 years making fun of him. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the reason he was elected. I'm not a fan of the folks that voted for him, except for the fact that they're Americans and I passionately defend the right to vote as they see fit. That's the part where I would ask all sides to do it. But within the Republican Party now, we're locked into these childish, childish, by the way, let me add this, the word embar we're embarrassing names. You're a rhino, you're establishment, you're a hack, you're a, and it's just this big cascade of third grade names. I'm going, oh, no, no, no. We've got to be better than that. And to, you know, we got to do it because that's the way the Democrats do it. Well, if you want to emulate your opponent, and that's the only way you can see to beat them, why bother? Maybe we should hand out the books of Art of War at the next convention. You don't, you don't <laughs> emulate the people. You find their weakness and you attack it at the, at the time they're the weakest. And right now, they're pretty weak, yeah, and but, we're giving them strength. But listen, but we've got to underline some words because we use the, you use the term, the art of war. But folks, we're talking about, we shouldn't be talking about the word war itself. Somewhere in today's show notes is talking about how the, uh, and I've mentioned it a number of times over the last few years, but it's where the populations are drifting. And I'm starting to see a line show up that's scary to me because I've said all along, we're not going to have a civil war because you can't tell the lines run through families. Yeah. And they do. 
but folks are f folks are moving so if you're if you're leftist you're looking for the most left state so you can feel comfortable i get that and if you're a conservative you're looking to move to these states that's where people are literally googling it to find out where they would be most warm and fuzzy that brings division to a company to a country where both sides have embraced the, the you know the, the precepts and concepts of of diversity not diversity in skin color not diversity in ethnicity but in diversity of ideas that's what makes us exceptional not division yeah united states not the united democratic states and the united republican states we got to get past that idea and and is there a way to get past it are we too far gone uh listen we've we've I don't think we're too far gone. Good. It's good but hope. I, I don't think that. But I do think that education needs competition. Mm -hmm. and, and by the way, that's not me saying destroy government public education. I'm saying it needs competition. What's made America stronger than any other country in history has been competition. And the areas that we see where we're weakest are those areas, strange as it might seem, that have no competition. So are we getting an education rant the next segment? Nope, I won't do it. I'm, I'm not going to do it. Real quick before we go to break here, Whole Foods, Monopoly or not, it's a grocery store. Uh, yeah, Monopoly. I don't believe in Monopoly. Good. He does. One thing. He one who? thing. The guy who started Whole Foods was sued by the U.S. government for being Monopoly. He's, and John Stossel, the interview, asked him, is there a Monopoly? And he said, yep, public education. You might be right about that. I'm not a fan of Monopolies. But listen, folks, we've got a lot more, so... Don't go nowhere, stay with us, and we will be right back. Okay, folks, listen, I got Lud, I, I, I got to apologize to you. I've got to finish up where I was at. <laughs> um, so I'm reading, this is from Newsweek.com, their headline, Inside the Republican Civil War, Factions, Battles Explained... And then they write an article that's absolute nonsense. It's It would be, by the way, like me trying to pretend like I know exactly what's going on in the Democrat Party. I don't. I know that they've got factions and that they're in, engaged in, in debate, heated debate. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, I don't know specifics. But I, I'm fairly dialed in on the Republican side. And so when I'm reading this, my... My addition notes, Ronna McDaniels, so Ronna Romney McDaniel, she's been a guest on this show uh, six or seven times. I was a congressional district chair for the Michigan Republican Party when she was the state party chair. I've been involved with the state Republican Party in Michigan for the better part of 20 years at some level. And, um, and she was one of the best chairs we had. And I think that she has served the RNC very well. And specifically, she has served Trump very well. And now she's under heavy fire from uh, an insurgent group within the Republican Party. And they're blaming the losses that the Republican Party had. And I don't, by the way, it wasn't losses. That's, it was not a tidal wave. It was not a tsunami. It was uh, about a wash. And I, I guess we can call a wash a loss. Um, but but there's folks that want to blame these losses on the party and specifically on leaders like Rana McDaniels. And listen, I got to tell you, I personally, passionately 
reject that thought process. And and I would summarize it, and then we got a lot to get on, so I'll move on. But we're very fractured right now. The reason we lost 2022 is that we were outfoxed by Democrats. They invested millions upon millions on our primary candidates that they knew they could beat. Folks, you got to walk yourself through this math. Does anybody think that they spent millions upon millions in multiple states, not just Michigan, to elect to get nominated primary candidates that they knew they could beat, and then they just went away? Does anybody think that then they just went away? They didn't. They're absolutely infiltrated within grassroots on the Republican side in Michigan and a number of other states. I don't think it. I don't believe it. I know it for a fact. They are infiltrated, and they are purposefully stirring the pot to raise dissent to cause angst, to make sure that the anger doesn't subside. They are purposely there. So what I'm asking our side to do is calm down. Look at the big picture for a minute. Get out of the echo chamber. Get back in the arena of ideas. Be intellectually honest. Walk away from the people that are not consensus builders. We lost being splintered, and the idea that we can offload a bunch of people that we want to label rhino establishment, etc. Somehow, if we make our numbers smaller, we're going to win. Think about that for a minute, please, please. I beg you, think about that for a minute. It's nonsense. Yep. The math just laughs at that kind of thinking. Um, so, divided GOP enters 2023 attacking itself. That's an article from thehill.com. I tell you this, folks, because. That's what the leftist media is telling voters across the spectrum. I want you to think about that for a minute. And it's wrong, but that's what they're telling them. And I submit to you we're better than this. All right, Lud, I'm done with my rant. What was what were you wanting to take us to? Well, 2023 is coming up. Yep. A lot of change is happening and, and you know we always say it's it's the it's different but it's the same. So What's it going to bring this year? Are we going to see the same? Are you on the edge of making a prediction? Well, I just think there's a lot of things that can happen. Give, and, an, give an example. What can happen? Uh, I think 2023, especially the first quarter here, we're going to see uh, inflation issues increase. They tell us they've got it under control. Yeah, just like it was transitory about a year ago. Folks, that if, you, if you're new to the show, please understand when Lud gets down these paths, he teaches micro-macroeconomics. Is that true? Yep. And you think that the inflation is going to go up. Yeah. The first time we said that was going to be the case on this show was in April of 2020. President Trump was still President Trump. That's when this show started saying, brace for impact. It was how COVID was being handled. We knew, listen, there wasn't any question on any of the three of our minds what we're going to do. I don't want to say we told you so. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying this was really obvious stuff. And it's still obvious. So if you pass a $1.7 trillion budget when you're only $30 trillion in the hole, you don't have the money. You don't have any cash. That's why you're negative. Therefore, you're back to running the printing presses or making f- j- f- fake digital money, whatever we want to label it as now. The only possible outcome is inflation. Yeah, That's what you got to understand. You're the professor. I'm not. 
Please tell me I'm wrong. By the way, I want to be wrong. You're not wrong because not only is it the printing of the money, the supply chain is so still tied up and we don't hear about it no more, but there's still huge supply chain issues. So you have a demand pull uh, inflation as well on top of this money creation because there's so few goods and so much money. It's just driving the prices up as well. So you have two things happening at once. And the Fed has been so far behind on trying to fix this that even the IMF, which is the International Monetary Fund, has come out and said, 2023, just hang on. Hold on to your shorts. It's going to get bad. And, and I believe it from all the things that we've said. It's a perfect storm of just bad policies in terms of printing money, Fed monetary policy, taxation under the, the last two years of the, the Democrat uh, held Congress and presidency. The only saving grace we have, the only, and if they don't do it, we need to get them out of there again, is that the Republicans control the House. But it's such a slim margin that they may not really have control. Well, they don't, because they only need, well, they, I think they need four people to sell out. Yeah. Well, we've seen that in almost every vote, including the $1.7 trillion. Yeah. So, you know, in, in fairness, I think, the, I think I'm going by memory, so don't quote me, but I, I think nine voted with the Democrats. Of the nine, seven of them had already been beaten and were leaving office. Yeah. So there, that's the math. But to your point, it's so narrow. Now, I'll add this, and this is where I get in trouble with folks on my side, by the way, the establishment won't like what I'm going to say. But the problem that we're dealing with is like an onion. It isn't, I don't, I, and the reason I'm adding this is I got to correct something you said. I don't want to correct it because you're right. I got to add to it. You were. That's three times in the same year. Same day. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, what the Democrats have been doing in this last cycle has caused this. But what took place under the Trump administration went to this. Uh And I'll use Michigan as an example just for easy math. We had a governor that was a Republican with a a, both chambers of our legislature that at the time were controlled by Republicans. And we put through a massive gas tax, license plate fee. I got a a, a motorhome. It's uh, 20 years old. I take it out twice a year. And in every instance, it goes out of state. So it's on the highway in Michigan for about 130 miles, 260 round trip twice a year. My license plate fee is almost $450. For a 20-year-old, it's just an old motorhome. So folks, don't think I'm a rich guy with this big, gigantic, fancy streamer. It just isn't. The license plate fees, the gas guzzler tax, the the Medicare, Medicare expansion, the Common Core, all of those things in Michigan were advanced by an entire, complete Republican leadership in all chambers of, of, of power. And so when I point at the angry mob and say, calm down, folks, let me be intellectually honest, they have a reason to be angry. Yeah. They really do. I personally think they're targeting the wrong people. Yeah. That's my belief. One more prediction for you. Please. I think there's going to be a big <coughs> splash in both parties presidential nominees this year does that mean a whole bunch of candidates no no there, but there might be but there'll be at least two what's a big splash there'll be two big names that come out one okay, of the who? democrats and one of the republicans i don't know well come on i think desantis that's an easy pick i think desantis will be the the front runner big splash thing what about trump he's already in i, I think he'll go by the wayside 
Do you? Yeah. I don't think he has a path to victory. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think he's kind of trying to let some of this January 6th and all these things go away and and then and then, and then get and out. It, but 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 the coalition that gave him a very narrow victory in 16 has been decimated. And by the way, for my for my Trumper friends, including Miles, the splintering that we're watching going on right now, hate the establishment, hate the rhinos, hate anybody that's not in lockstep with an armband. Yeah, I did say that. They hate all those, tear, tear apart all the county parties. Those steps are ensuring that he cannot win. And I would submit to you that they're hurting DeSantis as well. Listen, folks, we've got to go. Please thank you very, very much, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Be safe to all of you. We'll see you next week.